Hey, good morning, everyone. It's so good that we can be together here on this platform. It's so good that we can be here to fellowship together and to proclaim the name of Jesus and to continue learning from one another in this funny days that we live in. If you don't know who I am, my name is Baba Lotekiso, and I have the awesome privilege of leading this community of following Jesus. Yesterday, we went on a hike. We came in numbers there. Some brought their children and we did a hike. It was good to see those who could join us. And for those who couldn't join, we hope you could join maybe next time. It was an awesome time of fellowship. We had some conversations that one wouldn't think you'll have with some people that you don't even think you'd speak to them when we come to church. But it was awesome to just be together and to, to be surrounded by nature and to enjoy the beautiful views that were there. And as I said, to continue just having amazing conversations with people. So for those who couldn't come to Cradle Moon, we hope that you could join us next time when we have an activity. Another quick reminder for us as a community is that next week, we'll be having our face-to-face -face gathering at the church property. And as always, we will strive to start at nine on the dot. But for those who can't join us, at the property we will be streaming live so um, log on to our uh, digital platforms and hopefully we'll be worshiping and fellowshipping together hey family um also just to bring to your attention that last month was not so good for us financially look we continue to trust god to be our provider in this season we know many of you are struggling financially. We know some of you have lost jobs. So together as a community, as we strive and look forward to these uncertain times, we continue to trust in God to provide for us as we navigate these tough times. Amen? Amen and amen. So yeah, for those who are joining us for the first time, you're finding us in the series, in the book of Acts, and we've spent some time going through the book and we've been going at our own pace. We don't want to rush. We want to allow God to lead us. We want to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us on this path and we'll take it as it comes. We've done and gone through <clears throat> over certain chapters and we now finished chapter 7 last week when we looked at the life and death of Stephen. And chapter 8 changes gears a little bit because we get introduced to new characters. We see the church and the Christian uh, Christians in Jerusalem being persecuted and scattering over Samaria, Judea, and other areas at the, and the ends of the earth. And we see some shifts happening. But before we move, I just want us to, 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 to take a step back. And I want us to, to, to pause a little bit and, and to spend some time reflecting on, on, on what we've learned over the previous chapters that we've, we've tackled over the past um, few weeks. You know, sometimes I wonder what happens to us after we listen to a sermon. I actually wonder whether we, we, we do actually take some time to, to sit and listen and, and just uh, meditate on what we've heard. 
I sometimes wonder whether we do spend time in our home groups and discuss some of these things that we are together wrestling with. Sometimes I wonder if as a family or as friends, we sit and actually test this information that we are receiving on these platforms. So today, I would like us to just take a step back. I would like us just to take a step back and reflect on some of the areas that we've tackled. Over the past few weeks, we've tackled topics such as the kingdom of God, the importance of building as people who belong to the kingdom of God and not be people who build as if we belong to the kingdom of the world. We've looked at topics such as the power of a community that is empowered by the Holy Spirit. What happens to a community that is empowered by the Holy Spirit? How do they radically love one another? How do they radically serve one another? We've looked at a community that is radically transformed um, by the Holy Spirit to do unthinkable things where they sell their goods, they sell everything they have to an extent that there was no poor among them. We saw a radically transformed community where they were one in heart and they were one in mind. And we also tackled conflict resolution. We remember Gitu came also and, and, and helped us to learn how we looked at this um, community of acts and how they resolved their conflict. And Gitu gave us some practical tools that we could use to, to, to deal with our own conflicts. Madala also, Nick James came and shared with us how to deal with some of the shipwrecks when he looked at the story of Paul on his way to Rome and how he dealt with his own shipwreck and how we can do the same in our own shipwrecks, in our pain, in our suffering. As we reflected um, over the past few weeks on our pain and our suffering, how to name our pain, how to name our suffering and how to sit in that space with God and not rush to get out of there. We've also experienced prayer as a community. We've devoted ourselves to prayer when we had a prayer walk. So we've, we've, we've been going through some stuff and we've been dealing and tackling and wrestling with some of these conversations. So in an effort to learn, in an effort to unlearn, in an effort to relearn some fresh ways of building authentic community. I would like us to today spend some time reflecting on these um, elements and these topics that we've wrestled with in the past. So to help us get into it, I've prepared this video that's going to play for about eight minutes. So what I would like you to do in this time I would like you to grab a notebook or on your phone, laptop, whatever device that you are using, just grab a notebook or some, a place where you can write some of the ideas that stand out for you as we watch this video. Because after that, I'm going to be back here on your screens and I'm going to be asking some questions that can further help us to reflect on some of these conversations and some of these topics that we've wrestled with in the past. I'm hoping that at the end of today, you will have some notes that you've captured that you can either reflect on together as a home group this coming week, or that you can reflect together as a family, or if you don't have a family and you stay alone, maybe you can use some of these notes that you'll be taking and some of these questions that I'll be asking to reflect with your friend that you trust, or maybe alone with yourself and God. Maybe you can spend some time 
with God reflecting on some of these questions that I'll be asking after the video. So here's the video and then I'll be back here with some of the questions that I would like you to reflect on. The Acts of the Apostles chronicles the spread of the church. It shows how God is using the news of the gospel to take back the earth. But to understand what God is doing in these last days, we've got to go back to some of the first. We've got to go back to the book of Genesis. For when God made Adam and Eve, he made them in his image and gave them the privilege of taking the light of God's visage to every corner of creation. All of earth's inches were to be covered with God's image. That was their mission. For God's intention was that the whole world would become a place where his created ones could enjoy fellowship with the one they love, where humans could dine with the divine, where the earthly and celestial could share the same table, where mankind would fellowship with God as they were meant to, and earth was to be the venue. So God told Adam and Eve to be fruitful, to grow the garden, to fill the planet, to take his light and his presence to every place on earth they could possibly inhabit. But Adam and Eve wouldn't have it. So instead of spreading God's image to the nations, they decided to spread their own. So they were separated from God and from their shared home. But God would not leave his creation alone. So in our image, he came. For our sins, he was maimed and earned us back a place in the garden by rising from the grave. But before Jesus ascended back to heaven, he told his disciples what would be the scope of their work. They would take the good news of what Jesus had earned to Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria, and then to the ends of the earth. But something else had to happen first. They were to prayerfully wait until the Holy Spirit came to give them the power and authority that was in Jesus' name. And on the day of Pentecost, in an upper room, while the disciples prayed, they heard the sound of a mighty wind and saw the Holy Spirit rest on them like a flame. Now the presence of God that was lost in the garden, the light of God that we tried to darken, had come near in a new way to fulfill an old mission, to cover creation with God's image. So he came to the disciples to make them his witnesses and to spread his church to Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now. This threefold project not only shows how the gospel would go to every country and continent, but in the book of Acts, these three locations also serve as a table of contents. Part one, the gospel goes to Jerusalem, where Peter and the disciples begin the gospel's distribution. Part two, the gospel expands to Judea and Samaria, where Philip and others bring Israel's divided kingdom back under God's united rule over the area. 
Part three, the gospel goes to the ends of the earth as Paul and his fellow workers plant church after church. Now this three-part table of contents shows us the movement that should have been present in the book of Genesis, God's presence taken out by those who were near it. But what Adam and Eve failed to do in their flesh, God accomplished by giving his spirit. But what is it that spreads this presence? What is it that performs this reversal work? What action is enacted to secure this worldwide reach? It is this, everywhere the disciples went, the gospel was preached. Whether it was Peter's Pentecost sermon or his plea before the rulers, whether it was Stephen's testimony and martyrdom or Philip being the Ethiopian's tutor, whether it was to God-fearing Gentiles or in pagan Greek rings, whether it was Paul in every synagogue or before any king, their message was about one thing, that Jesus is the promised Savior, the scriptures promised God would bring, that he died for our sins and rose from the grave to finally set humanity free. But something else happened in all three of the regions the disciples would visit. There was one work of God that would make his presence explicit. When the gospel was preached and the people would hear it, the event was marked off by an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. For Jerusalem, the Spirit came at Pentecost to show that the power who raised Jesus from the dead is now with us. For Judea and Samaria, the Spirit came through the preaching of the gospel and the laying on of hands to show that those who seemed to have worked themselves out of God's grace were still within God's plan. And when the Spirit poured out on the house of the Gentile Cornelius, God was showing that this good news was not just for one group, but was for all of us. The Holy Spirit covers page after page of the church's early story to reveal the glory of this fact, that humanity is no longer separated from God as they were back in the Garden of Eden. For they have been made into the new house of God, for they have God living within them. And something else happens as God's spirit goes out universally. It's that the people of God start to be filled with diversity. Jews and Gentiles, Bereans and Ephesians, God-fearers and pagans, Romans and Judeans start to come around the table with other nations and regions. For that is the reason God told the disciples to go, to leave Jerusalem, so the whole earth might become the new Garden of Eden. Now, this church on a mission has come to us so that we may continue taking the gospel to the whole world until it is the venue where people from every tribe, every language, every people, every nation can come around the table and break bread with the God that made them. The Acts of the Apostles now continues with us, the church. So may we take the good news of Jesus to our neighbors and to the nations until the light of Jesus fills the ends of the earth.
hey i hope you found the video helpful i found it very helpful as i was reflecting on it for some few weeks that i've been having this video and planning to do this exercise that we'll be doing today there's so much that resonated with me and it it raised some of these questions that i'll be asking today that we'll be reflecting on so to get started and to help us continue with this reflection um, a mode and reflection attitude these are some of the questions that i've prepared for us to wrestle with question number one when last did you dine with god when last did you spend quality time with your god with your creator you see friends here's the deal god doesn't need our company but God loves it when we intentionally make time and space to fellowship with him. In your daily routines, do you have space to dine with the divine? Do you have space to sit intimately and spend time with God? You can sit in his presence in quietness, you can sit in his presence through reading scripture. You can sit in his presence through reading a book. You can sit in his presence during, during prayer. You can sit in his presence maybe with another person asking each other tough questions or going through scripture together. But you see, both God and the world are vying for our attention. And the question is, who are we going to give our attention to? When last did you dine with the divine? What are some of the elements that are stopping you from dining with the divine, with God? And if you are spending and creating space for you to be in his presence, how are you finding that as something that is helping you and your spirituality on day-to-day -day basis? Both God and the world are vying for our attention who are we going to give our attention to more is it the world or is it god question number two when last did you take some time to declare the good news of jesus christ either to a colleague either to a friend, either to a family member, or to a total stranger. When last have you proclaimed the good news of Christ, the death and resurrection of Christ, the God that is alive in us today, who's living through us today? When last did you witness to others the good news of Christ? And if you have done it recently, where have you done it? Have you done it with people who look like you, who sound like you? Have you done it in places where it makes you feel uncomfortable? Have you done it with people that you haven't regarded in the same league as you? Because you see, we see in this community, in the book of Acts, that as 
they started understanding and realizing the truth about this message of Christ. We see a community that started boldly going to strangers, boldly going to family members, boldly going to the authorities and declaring the kingship and the salvation that comes through faith in Christ. And as they did that, we read that they increased in number. God added in their numbers. And the church grew both in stature, both in radicalism of love, of serving one another. Because we read that as they were growing through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, God was at work doing something special with them. So sharing the gospel and the good news with others is not just for them to fall in love with Jesus and get the ticket to go to heaven, but it's for us to get the Holy Spirit to come inside of us, to radically transform us so that we can radically transform those around us and transform societies that is around us. But we cannot do that if we are not first transformed within. And we cannot do that if we don't, with the transformation that has happened within, go to others and declare the good news that has transformed us. So it is very important for us, friends, to gather courage to declare and proclaim the good news of Christ. The Christ who came to say, I've also come as the Messiah to proclaim the good news to the poor, to set the captives free. I've come to declare the good news to the poor. So us as people who have received the good news, I didn't receive the good news to hold on to them. We've received them to spread them. We've received good news not to hold on to them, but to spread and declare them and share with others. So here's the question again. When last did you just spend time with others and just declared and shared the good news of Christ? How have you seen the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you in your journey as a Christian over the past seven months with COVID-19 and with this new normal? How have you seen and witnessed the Holy Spirit lead you and guide you in these uncertain times? You see, friends, let me explain something. What we are going through here with the book of Acts, we see a community that was also going through a time of uncertainty. A community that only when the Holy Spirit fell upon them, only when the Holy Spirit fell upon them, that they were empowered and they managed to get creative. They managed to allow themselves to be vessels and to be used by God to be his hands and to be his feet. They only through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit managed to go out boldly and share the gospel, even to the point of death, as we read about Stephen last week. So for you sitting at home and for me, how have we seen the Holy Spirit lead us and guide us through this season that is uncertain for all of us? 
in those tough moments, in those good moments, how have we seen him guide us and lead us? Because if we are not led by the Holy Spirit, we might find ourselves in the wrong path. How's our relationship with the Holy Spirit? How's our relationship with the Holy Spirit? Without the Holy Spirit, we are nothing. That is why Christ, before he ascended to heaven, he said to his disciples, stay in Jerusalem. Stay in Jerusalem. He knew the importance of them staying in Jerusalem. So how have we allowed the Holy Spirit to guide us? Because you see, this business of playing church and playing religion is not going to work for us, especially when times are this tough. We need to have an intimate relationship with our God, with the Holy Spirit, and with one another. So that through us and in us, once God has done something in us, once we've built a good relationship and a good foundation in ourselves, God can be able to use us this way, amongst one another and amongst the community and the society in which we exist. And that will help us to carry God's light into the world. So in these uncertain times, in what ways have we carried God's light into the world? In what ways can we start, for some of us who have been started, in what ways can we start to carry God's light faithfully into the world? In what ways can we witness faithfully into the world? They say the best gospel ever preached was through actions. How have we handled ourselves during this time? Have we joined the choir that is declaring everything doom and gloom? Or as we reflect on our pain and suffering, do we hold on and still declare the hope that we find in Christ? And therefore being the light in places that are dark, being the hope in the places that are hopeless. How have we carried God's light into the world during these uncertain times? It is important for us to be that voice that comes in when everybody is talking negative. It is important for us as a community to go against the stream. It is important for us as a community and a, and, and, and a people who believe in Jesus to, to carry the torch that we can pass from one person to the other. So in what ways can we carry God's light into the world? Remember, the Bible declares that we are a city on a hill, a light that can never be hidden. In what ways can we continue to carry the light? In what ways can we start to spread the light of Christ? As we continue reflecting, we see a community from chapter 1 to chapter 7 that is radically transformed by the good news of Jesus Christ, by the good news that came with the Messiah. So I want to ask us a question as a community. What kind of community are we hoping and are we imagining for ourselves for 2021 
and beyond. What kind of community are we imagining for ourselves for the future of 2021 and beyond? Are we hoping to go back to normal? Are we, go, are, we, are we hoping to go back to how things used to be? Or do we feel a shift in our spirits to imagine new things? Are we feeling the invitation from God to help us to imagine a new path for us as a community and as a people of following Jesus and as disciples of God? And to extend on that question, whatever answer that you are going to come up with in terms of the kind of community you like to see, the other question I would like to ask is what role are you going to play in making that community that you are imagining a reality? What role are you going to play in making that community that you are imagining for 2020 and beyond a reality? Because you see, friends, we see in the chapters that we've dealt with, we see a community of people who each had a role to play in the advancement of the community and in advancement of declaring the good news of God, the good news of Christ in Jerusalem, in Judea, in Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Everybody had something to contribute. Like they say in the vineyard, everybody got to play. Everybody got to contribute. So what role are you going to play in making sure that the community that you're imagining will become a reality? I would like you to spend some time thinking about that. Imagine a community that you'd like to be part of in 2021. And when you finish imagining that community, imagine a role that God has put in your heart to play in building this community that we are on the journey together on. So imagine a community that God is inviting us to and the role that you'll play going forward. The other question that I want to ask us as a community as we continue to reflect is what kind of support do you need in this season of uncertainty from following Jesus and her people? What kind of emotional support, spiritual support do you need? You see, we see as we read here that the community in the book of Acts were supporting one another. They devoted themselves in the apostle teaching. They devoted themselves in breaking of bread. They devoted themselves in prayer. They devoted themselves in so many activities that they were doing together that there was no lack amongst them. There was no lack of people who were spiritually dry and empty. There were no lack of people who were physically and emotionally empty. There was no lack of practical things such as food and resources for others who were in need. So what support do you need right now? What support do you need right now? Because you see, if we are going to live out this gospel, these scriptures that we are reading, we need to read them and make them practical for us. What kind of support do you need? Maybe let me flip the question and say, 
if you don't need support right now, what kind of support can you give towards others? What kind of support can you give towards those who might be in need of fellowship or might just be in need of encouragement? We see a community that supported one another, loved one another, dedicated themselves to one another. And if we, as we reflect and as we imagine about the new community of the future, we need to ask ourselves tough questions. And we need to say, in what ways am I not playing a role in building this community of following Jesus? If we are to see this community in the book of Acts, it means everybody gets to play. Everybody gets to play. As I am about to land this plane, as I'm about to land this plane, we see in this community in the book of Acts that one of the things that enabled this community to be transformed the way they were transformed like this, through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit, was their willingness to surrender, was their willingness to totally surrender. They learned the art of surrender. They came from different communities. They came from different tribes. They came from different cities, different regions. And as they came together, they learned how to surrender their cultures, their preferences, and they learned how to bring themselves together into this community to become one. And when I say they surrendered, I'm not saying they stripped themselves of who they were and became uh, something that they were not supposed to be. No, they were willing to, to, to sacrifice. They were willing to, 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 to become new people. They were willing to become a new community in their differences, in their diversity. As they were coming together, they allowed God to weave them together. So they were willing to surrender all the old ways that they knew so that the new could come. Because you see, God can never build a new house on an old foundation. God can never build a new house where an old house exists already. The old house needs to be demolished and new foundations need to be laid so that God can build afresh. So we see a community that was willing to surrender. So which areas of your life in this season require you and me to totally surrender ourselves to God and his move so that he can build us afresh and build a new thing in this community of following Jesus. Some of us, maybe this is an invitation for us to surrender our time Maybe we are refusing to surrender our time. You know, Jobek is about, I'm busy. Oh, I'm so hectic. Oh, life is so hectic. Oh, my job is so busy. And these things can consume us. As I said earlier, God and the world are vying for our attention. And the world is winning right now because everyone is even prideful like myself. Sometimes, you know, you can get prideful about being busy in this busy Jobek and busy city, the city of gold. But there's nothing amazing about that when we don't have time to just sit and enjoy this beautiful space that God has given us. 
So maybe this is an invitation for some of us to rethink our busyness and to surrender our time and to create space and to intentionally build with others. Some of us, maybe this is an invitation to surrender our pride that is holding us back in moving forward with some of the stuff that God wants to do in us and through us. And some of us might just be our finances that are holding us back, that we don't want to surrender. We are holding on to our finances because we don't trust that God is our provider. So every little money we get, we save instead of being generous towards those around us, instead of being generous in plowing in God's work. So maybe some of us is our finances that we are holding on to. We are scared of letting go. We see a community. We see a people transformed within by the Holy Spirit, radically surrendering and saying, Lord, this is no longer my property. This is no longer my car. This is no longer my house. I'm surrendering. I'm sacrificing and declaring everything not mine anymore for the benefit of others around me. And for some of us, it might just be the need to always be right that we need to surrender. Some of us love winning conversations, all the conversations that we have. Some of us need, maybe as an invitation, to surrender in this season the need to always be right. Instead, we must surrender to God and follow His guidance. We see a community that was radically from transformed because they radically surrendered to the God Almighty and the move through the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. This was a community that was willing to surrender their old ways, their old mindsets, and they were opened to new ways and new imagination from God through the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. We see a community that is willing to build a new house, to build a new Eden, to build a new house, new Eden, with radical love, radical sacrifice, and radical service to one another. Hey, following Jesus, my prayer to all of us is that God will grant us the courage to be led by the Holy Spirit. God will grant us the courage not just to be led by the Holy Spirit, but to give us the boldness to do the things that the Holy Spirit leads us to do, no matter how challenging and no matter how uncomfortable. Because I bet some of these things that this community were doing were very challenging for them. It was new culture for people to sell everything they have because this were people who grew up in a community that was all about keep, keep, individualism. As we live in Joburg today in the culture of individualism, this was challenging for them and it was difficult for them. But through this new empowerment that came through the Holy Spirit, through this radical transformation that happened within them, through this radical spirituality that developed in them, God could work in them and through them and in the society as large. So my prayer is that God can grant us the boldness and courage to be led by the Holy Spirit so that we can radically love one another. We can radically transform 
we can radically sacrifice for one another. We can radically serve one another so that we can radically be of one heart and be of one mind so that we can forever be planted by the river banks so that we can forever draw strength from the one who strength himself draw hope from the one who's hope himself during tough times and challenging times and painful times may we receive refreshment from the one whose refreshment himself may we be planted by the river bank so that we can never grow weary so that our leaves those storms come though heat comes though drought comes friends i'm not saying we're gonna live a lavish life without problems no with heat with drought with storms we can still be able to pull strength from the one who give us strength we can be able to stay in the pain with God and be shaped by that pain. We can be able to celebrate the wins that we have so that we can declare to others that God is still doing good work within us even though we can't see some of the things happening. God is forever at work. So family, I want to leave it here for today as we are reflecting. I'm hoping this was helpful for us and for you as we kickstart this um, reflection process about the seven chapters that we've read so far in this X series. So I'm going to leave it here and I'm hoping this was helpful. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love and fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all to keep you safe, to keep you strong, to keep you bold, to keep you courageous, to keep you loving God, and to keep you loving one another. Kalibizo la cheso. Kalibizo la cheso. Amen and amen. Hey family, just a quick reminder that next week, the 22nd of November, we'll be meeting at the church property and we will be having our face-to-face -face church gathering. And for those who won't be able to join us next week Sunday, we will be streaming live on both our Facebook and YouTube platforms. So do log in and find us there and join us as we fellowship and as we worship God together. Until we see each other again um, next time, much love to you. Keep well and stay safe. Sure, sure.